0: Let's start out the hour with Anna Piperato for a look at the importance of patron saints in Italy. is here to tell us why she studied the life of 14th-century Saint Catherine and then moved to Tuscany to live in Catherine's hometown. Anna, buongiorno. Thank you. Grazie. So you live in Siena, and there's saints all around, on the spires, on the squares, on the fountains, filling the churches. What's the role the saints play in the life of, of one of your neighbors, for instance, in Siena?
1: Well, today, perhaps the role is not as big as it would have been 500 or 700 years ago, but there is a certain pride knowing that certain saints walked these cobblestones. We are very proud of our saints, and Siena has a lot of homegrown saints, one of whom is incredibly important.
0: Who's that? St. Catherine of Siena. And that's the saint that you were so enamored with that you got your PhD on the subject. Exactly. What is so special about St. Catherine?
1: St. Catherine of Siena, I'll just, I won't bore you too much with dates, but she was born in 1347. She died in 1380 at the age of 33, just like Christ. And from a very young age, like all saints, she wanted to be Christ-like. At the age of six, she had her first vision of Christ in pontifical robes above San Domenico. This led her to believe that the papacy, which was at the time in France,
0: needed to return to Rome. So this is confusing to a lot of us, but if I understand it correctly, For some reason, the Pope, which had traditionally been in Rome, as we know, went up to France in Avignon, Mm -hmm. and then St. Catherine came on board. What did she do?
1: Yes, well, she had that vision when she was six years old, and then as she grew older, she became very involved in politics, and she wrote letters to noblemen and kings and queens and the Pope, who was at the time Gregory XI, and she said, "'Dear Gregory, this is Catherine from Siena. You need to come back to Rome, because I had a vision when I was six, so make it happen.' He invited her to go to Avignon, and you imagine a 14th-century woman, let alone you or me today, being invited to the to Vatican to see the Pope. To see and the make pope. Her case. Exactly. She went. She made her case, and two years later he was in Rome. Uh, sorry, one year later he was in Rome. In 1376 he returned. In 1378 he died, and a new Pope was elected. But this new Pope was Roman and not French. The French cardinals were upset. They went back to Avignon and said, we're electing our own pope. The Romans are like, no, we're keeping our own pope. Two popes, great schism starts, 1378. Thanks, Catherine.
0: Complicated things there, (laughs) St. Catherine. Okay, now tell me just saints in general. What is the definition of a saint, and and why are saints so integral to Catholicism?
1: Well, a saint, of course, is not God. Uh, In Catholicism, it's very important to remember in Christianity that there is the Trinity, but one God, the Father, the Son, Mm -hmm. the Holy Ghost. In Catholicism, the Virgin Mary also plays a very important role, but she's not God, she's not a saint, she's something in between. And then you have saints, and saints really act as They don't intercede on our behalf. They haven't got a direct line to God, but they can help us become closer to God. We can emulate their practice to become more Christ-like. Not to be Christ, not to be a saint ourselves, but to be good people. So
0: to inspire us. To inspire us. To set a good example. Exactly. Many of the saints are Italian. Yes. Is that just because a lot of the popes are Italian until modern times? I think so. So, uh, it's not that Italians are more saintly than other people. They just hope to you've met Italians, Rick. Really. We love
1: them, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right. So now, from a Catholic point of view, you've got the mm-hmm. Virgin Mary mm-hmm. and you've also got the saints, yes, and you've got God. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the utility of a saint? Do you appeal to a saint to appeal to the Virgin Mary to appeal to God? or in
1: some cases, yes, but in some cases, if you've got a problem that's relatively minor, you lose your keys. You pray to Saint. Anthony. He helps you out. You don't need to bother the Virgin. you don't need to bother God. Okay. He can help you out. So
0: there's an appropriate saint for whatever your problem may yes. be. There's a lot of saints. How many saints would you imagine there are?
1: You know, it changes because sometimes they get desainted if people don't think they're holy enough or they're just not granting any more miracles, right. and they get their halo taken off. But there are hundreds and hundreds of saints.
0: I understand there's a saint for each day. Yes. And you are Anna, and Anna. Saint Anna would be your patron saint. And yes. What, what is her day?
1: Uh, the 26th of July is my onomastico, my name saint
0: day. So if, if you are uh, respecting the whole idea of saints, you kind of have two birthdays?
1: Yes, in a way, yes. Everyone says, buon The first time, <laughs> what? Huh? What? Nobody knows your birthday, but everyone knows your name. So they know your onomastico. So they'll know what your name exactly. is. Exactly. And are
0: most Italians named after a saint?
1: In general, yes, the traditional names, Anna, Sarah, Old Testament names, New Testament names, so many Marias, Anna Maria. Anna, of course, is the mother of Mary. So. This is
0: Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about saints with somebody who knows a lot about saints. Anna Pepperato got her Ph.D. in St. Catherine, and she's a professor of art. She lives in Siena. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Deborah's calling in from Paxton in Massachusetts. Deborah, thanks for your call.
2: Hi, Rick. Thanks so much for taking my call. It had occurred to me I had visited my cousin in Montanata, and we were out strolling the streets for Passeggiata, and he was very happy to point out to me the statue of Padre Pio and pointed out that as we traveled throughout Italy to look because we would notice that the villages all in southern Italy all had a similar homage to Padre Pio, and uh, of course he was from the Gorgano Peninsula, not far from Manzanata, and it's such a beautiful area there, and I think that many tourists, at least American tourists, really only come to that area if they are, in fact, doing a pilgrimage.
0: Now, the Gorgano Peninsula is in uh, the south of Italy, is that right?
2: Yes, yes, and it's quite, you know, kind of very rugged beauty and very untouched, the Italians—that's where they go for their August holiday—and mm-hmm. so it is very much geared for tourism. And but the American tourists still have not found it, unless they, in fact, are there for a, a pilgrimage. So now Padre um, Pio—you'll
0: you'll see his uh, uh, altars and and uh, special corners dedicated to him in churches all over Italy, but especially in the south. I, I know in Naples a lot. This is a, a good example of a of a saint from our own generation, basically. Yes.
1: Well, as the caller said, where he's from is a beautiful area. Beaches are great for tourism, but saints are better. Saints have been bringing tourists from all over. We called them pilgrims before. Pilgrims,
0: yeah. So a lot of people will go to Padre Pio's They're uh, good for business, yeah. For that. Padre Pio, what was he known for? Well, he
1: he he was a... Quote unquote, humble man. I don't want to offend any listeners here, but I don't know much about him. But one of his famous traits is he received the stigmata, or he claims that he did. Uh And he would go around with his bandages on his hands. And the stigmata are proof that you are Christ like. And St. Catherine had them.
0: Is Padre Pio already a saint or is he on the road to saint? So he is a saint. He has
1: been made a saint. He's one of our newest saints.
0: And this stigmata is very interesting. So this is a mark of uh, the intensity of your faith and your devotion that you would feel the suffering of Jesus on the cross to the degree that you would actually physically get the marks of the cross on your body.
1: Yes. Or in Catherine's case, they were invisible. Which was slightly problematic, but she felt the pain in her hands and her feet and her side, the wounds that Christ received on the cross, she received them as well.
0: So Saint Francis famously He was got the first stigmatic, the stigmata. yes. Stigmatic, that's yes. the word. And did Padre Pio actually have the stigmata? Was he a stigmatic?
1: <laughs> well, let's this just say a delicate he, he, issue. it's a very delicate issue so I will leave it up to you to decide and you can read about all the little ointments that he kept in his house that maybe provided some
0: sort of <laughs> Sort of helped it along. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's... Deborah, <laughs> any other thoughts on uh, Padre Pio and Gorgano?
2: Well, my question was is I was surprised when we knew we were going to visit there because I had family there. My grandfather had been born there so I was my own bit of a, of a pilgrimage, but I was surprised at how very little there was available about the Gargano Peninsula, and was just wondering why is it, it seems that that's been
0: ignored, not really basically.
2: Uh, highlighted.
0: Yeah, now this is the Gargano Peninsula, G-O-R-G-A-N-O. It's, it's in the south of Italy, and I think it's ignored because it probably didn't have the the money and the importance in the old days and there's nothing to look at that would compete with the culture you would find in Assisi or Siena or Rome or Florence. If yeah. I'm a tourist and you tell me to go to Gorgano, I'm going to be enjoying some pretty humble towns and some beautiful scenery and uh, scenery is not unique to it's Gorgano. It's of an
1: Italian, yeah, a proper holiday destination right. for an Italian family who right. wants to relax and get away from it. When we that's come it. to Italy, we want to see things.
0: Yeah, I think that's our take on it, Deborah. Hey, thanks for your call.
1: Mm. Thank you. Grazie. Thank you. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Bye now. Bye-bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Anna Pipperato about saints and saints in Italy. Anna, there are countless saints. I mean, first of all, name a couple of uh, saints' days that would be celebrated in Italy with enthusiasm.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, in Siena, my city, Sant'Anzano, St. Saint Ansanus, he was the baptizer of the Sienese. He brought Christianity to the region, so every 1st of December, there is a huge procession in his honor that goes to the Duomo. There's a wonderful mass, wow. and I, it's a really fun thing to participate in.
0: And then uh, St. John the Baptist would be a big
1: saint. Yes. And you know what? We love him in Siena, too, because he's the patron saint of Florence, but we have his arm.
0: You have the arm of St. John the Baptist? We do, and
1: we, we, we put it on display and kind of laugh at the Florentines, so even to this little day. little dig at
0: the Florentines yes. for centuries. And who's the patron saint of Siena?
1: We have loads. We have Ansanos, Crescentius, Sabinus and Victor, Catherine and Bernardino.
0: Wow. Now, St. Catherine's a big deal because she has a, a very close association with Siena.
1: Yes. Well, she's from Siena. She walked the same streets that we walk on when we visit. And she's also the patron saint of Italy and the patron saint of Europe.
0: Saint so Catherine. she's a big deal. Wow, she is a big deal. John
1: Paul II declared her the patron saint of Europe for unification, even though she may have helped cause the Great Schism of the West. Now she why al- would
0: she have been declared the saint? Because I think Saint Benedict was a big deal because he established mm-hmm. all the monasteries, yep. which kind of tied Europe together in the in the chaos of uh, after Rome fell. Yes, so he could be like Mister Europe. Yes, what is it about? What would be the excuse to make Saint Catherine the saint of Europe?
1: She really wanted people to work together. She was always searching for peace when Florence was excommunicated, even though Florence was the enemy of Siena, she wrote to the Pope on their behalf.
0: There you go. Are you a Catholic? No, I'm not. What do saints mean to you? You've spent so much of your life studying saints and, and obviously quite enthusiastic about saints.
1: I, I do love my saints. I love all saints, but I especially love the early modern saints. That is saints that we know existed. We know their families. We know where they came from, what they did before they became a holy person. So when you walk to St. Catherine's house, Maybe a few cobblestones have been replaced over the years, but she walked those same streets.
0: And she inspired people centuries ago? Yes.
1: If you go to to her house or if you go to the Basilica of San Francesco in Assisi to visit St. Francis,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it doesn't matter what you believe. People have gone there believing, and there is an energy in these spaces that I find fascinating, and I get those goosebumps again. I find myself often quite moved
0: in these places of worship. Very nice. Anna Piperato, thank you so much for a little insight into saints and uh, an Italian appreciation of
1: saints. (laughs) Thank you. Grazie mille. Rick Steves has spent a third of his
2: adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. Travel as a political act adds meaning to the journey. And Rick Steves' best-selling country, city, and pocket guidebooks cover every corner of Europe. To learn more, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.